0: I am Forrest Griffin. Brian Carroway. And Lisa Bates. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavides, UFC flyweight.
1: Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing hunt.
0: Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? amazing. Radio.
2: Welcome to It's M Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law. With me, as always, DJ Mark. What's up? Also joining me this week,
0: Lavender Gooms. Happy National Lucky Penny Day, boys. I'm sure you got yours in hand, of course. Uh, sincerely, we'd
2: like to wish a happy Victoria Day to our neighbors up north, all celebrating today. More relevant. I feel most of you don't know what the Queen Vic- what, uh, Victoria Day is really about, but you just dig the fact that you got a federal holiday, so enjoy it, Canada.
0: America's hat.
2: Yes. Um, couldn't do the podcast last week, uh, ran into a bunch of stuff. Apologies for that, but we're back this week. Granted, ain't shit going on, uh, so we're not really missing a lot. Um, quick programming note, Marcus, I don't want to forget this, so we might as well get it out of the way now. Next mm-hmm. week... Um, the podcast will drop, you'll have it, however you're getting it, exactly 24 hours after that. I've noticed some people like to hop on the second it goes available like at midnight, but generally for most people it drops Tuesday morning, next week is going to be Wednesday morning, is what I'm getting at,
3: alright? Yeah, we can say it's because of Memorial Day, even though that's not really the reason. It
2: really is because of Memorial Day. Because of Memorial Day, I will be on a pl- on a plane on a Monday.
0: That's And so will sure. Mike. So that's right that's how we uh that's how we remember our fallen soldiers flying back home
2: yes I thought Mike was going to make a joke and just nothing just a real somber ending to that um alright so um we missed a card a week before uh real quick block of which one Alexander Rakic's knee exploded that, mm-hmm. I think that summed up what happened there good luck to the kid coming and back Mike went won Bobby and me money oh, that's true no, oh, I didn't bet on that. You did yourself.
3: <laughs> Mike won money, and I think yeah. I mean. What what's the standings made? now, Mike? I think are you tied, or did you take the lead with that one? And I can't didn't quite pass remember me. where we were. He was, he
0: was like. I you, don't I don't believe think, I've updated the standings yet. But um, we got it wrong. You got it right.
1: <laughs>
2: That's true. I am one behind, Bobby. Now, so you're okay. So it's me, then Mike, then you. All one game apart. Yep. Okay. There we go. Um so yeah, we'll be we'll be back next week. We're going to preview that card which ofi- that officially has exactly one fight on it according to the UFC website. Yeah. Which is uh Volkov versus The Biggie Boy, which is not a bad fight necessarily. I I'm starting to think the heavyweight division, Mark, this might be the best it's been in a while having this many people. Uh Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Yeah. You know, for,
3: for 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 the division and it's been Really stagnanted for a while outside of like the Pride days. It really hasn't seemed like there's been a a wealth of talent there. So it does seem like maybe it's the strongest it's ever been. Hey, so, speaking of Pride,
2: um, I don't know how I ended up here, but like I went down some rabbit hole and ended up watching uh, Bob Sapp versus Noguera like sure. uh, a few days ago, and I was just like, "Yeah, fucking, let's do this." And I just that fight is insane. That is a that is a must watch for. Um, Newer MMA fans, I'm not saying go pay for the fightpass.com, but I am saying go into the go to the Daily Motion and uh, maybe look for uh, Bob Sapp versus uh, Rodrigo Noguera. Didn't Bob Sapp just dump him like right on his neck immediately? Like immediately gave a pile driver. Like it's it's a crazy fight and um I think it's on the the list of Pride must watches personally, I think Mark. Just Sure. It, yeah. No, that was probably the I mean, the booth was great, too. I think they even had
3: Goldberg in there. So it like was, took me a minute to be like, like who do I hear? Too much. Yeah. <laughs> the, lights, the lights went out almost immediately as he hit the pile driver because someone didn't know what the fuck was They're going like, on. They're like, oh, so he shit. Hit <laughs> he hit him so
2: hard, the shit broke. Um, I had a moment today uh, where I started questioning our fandom a little bit because uh, we got a co-worker. Fair. Okay. Uh, Mark and I have a co-worker. Um, let's call him Junior because it's what we do call him. But um, – my man's like making like hitting five fight parlays on these uh on these shitty fight nights right like hitting them and like i like we're not even watching them like i i just things have really taken i told them i'm like man me and mark are jaded like it's really what it is and like mike's the same way like we've seen too much mma i can't tune in for this shit like every week at this level on this clip but i don't know maybe you know it's, it's, I mean, know, I mean, one I mean. has
3: to assume he, he's he's doing his proper research for these bets, and you could maybe we could turn it around and be like, well, you know, he's got hard-earned money on the line. You know, it's in his best interest to to look it up and do some
0: research. But now we're betting on the fights too,
3: and we haven't done it. No, I was gonna so, say, really. um, not, I'm also I'm
0: also not sure. I'm also not sure what Bobby is having an issue with. Is it the fact that the guy's hitting five fight parlays or is it the fact that he's here watching these? Well,
2: my my logic is he's watching and he's so engaged that he knows all these people and he's net, you know what I mean? Like, we don't even have it on in the background, man. I'm like, for example, I knew, I saw that Holly Holm was about to fight. I was on Twitter. I'm like, I'm not watching this. And then I saw that it was controversial and I'm like, I'm still not watching this. And then I asked Mark about it. Mark's like, i'm like was it good he's like no but it was close but i'm not that
0: controversial i'm not sure
2: okay anyway i'm just saying like i feel like these motherfuckers have killed us yeah we lost we lost a whole person from this podcast i think over this we lost a whole (laughs) last person from this podcast okay mark wouldn't miss any fights we i would miss no fights mike would barely miss fights
0: okay (laughs) just now all right all right is this all right is this us getting jaded or is this we're not in our 20s anymore we're like yo we got other shit we gotta do like we'll watch some we'll watch the main card but i mean you go catch me here like at a at 6 p.m or 7 p.m on a saturday just Jade might part not of my be the TV right word. Watching fights, it's not necessarily like
3: we're on our high horse and we're like, "Oh no, this is not up to our standards." I think we're just we we've been in we've been a cog in the machine for so long. Yeah, broken. You know, our that, our gears word. are a little rusty. Yeah, you know? we're broken. I, I think you know <laughs> we're comparing to our younger counterpart who's been, I, I presume, doing a lot of research. I I'm assuming. Well, I think he's he just got in the game on the analysis. McGregor. I
2: got it. Got in the game with McGregor and stuff. I think that's when he got into the game, and like. I mean, this is a spoiler alert for something I want to do in about, I think we have 17 more episodes to episode 500. Um, I'm going to try to take us down on, you know, the back down memory lane and be like, hey, when we started this podcast, who were the champions? And I was just thinking about it in my head, and I'm like, one of them's in jail for shooting people in the street. The other one, well, he's a light heavyweight. He was a light heavyweight champion, now he's a heavyweight. So the guys boxing in Abu Dhabi. Like it's been a while we've been doing this guys, just the podcast part. Mark's been watching since like realistically you've been seriously watching since what's like Pride 2004? Grand Prix around then, 2004 Grand Prix, maybe earlier, 2003? Uh it was in high school.
3: I think around like
2: 2002. 2002 3. Mark Mark been yeah, in here for getting 20, getting 20 years. Them that is, that getting those suncoasts.
3: Here, let's re- let's really age it. Getting those Suncoast VHSs.
2: Yeah. And I don't you're
3: I... getting some VHSs getting rebuying the same events on dvd because it's like oh these vhs isn't gonna last forever i gotta get these on dvd
2: (laughs) so mark mark's mark's mma chip card is 20 years he's getting this year man he's got his 20-year chip going me realistically i'd watch with mark every now and then but i don't think i really got serious until like 08 i think maybe 08 09 when i went to law school and that was just something to do was find (coughs) streams you know that was you know that was a thing um like I'm just saying, I'm like I'm I'm approaching 15 years. Mike's basically with me. Mike, like 2010. I'm, I'm, I think 2010 is when. Like,
0: yeah. Also, but I'm about 12 years. Then. Yeah. Um. Mike, my,
2: yeah. My whatever Kimbo showed up and Mike's like, Yo, what Kimbo? We're watching this, right? Kimbo's on. I'm gonna watch this Ultimate Fighter. And then Kimbo. Then like after week one, or like Kimbo's fighting week two. You're like, He's gonna fucking. I'm trying to explain to Mike that like I don't even know not a lot about Roy Nelson, but I'm like, Yo. The one guy he shouldn't be fighting is this guy. Like, he knows how to fight. <laughs> and then every episode after that, Mike's like, You gonna get Kimbo gonna fight again? I'm like, No.
0: He I mean, lost. They can't, te- they can't they can't tease and Kimbo's gonna fight. You know, anytime somebody stubbed the toe, who they who they pan the camera to? Kimbo and the cut.
2: And by the way, guys, this is my transition material since we're mentioning Tough. The two current coaches of Tuff, Amanda Nunez and Juliana Peña, booked for their rematch, Marcus, July 30th, 31st, whatever mm. that Saturday is. Um, real quick, not official, who you got?
3: I mean, it's kind of weird to, to go against the person that, that won the last fight, but I'm still leaning Nunes. Um, and we'll see. I mean, I, I think there was some bad, you know, game planning there. I think she kind of got drawn into the brawl. I, I, would, I would assume that she's going to correct those mistakes, but Pena... She did that too, her. She, she, she yeah. goaded her into to getting kind of crazy and capitalized. So we'll see. You know,
2: it, it'll be an interesting fight for sure. Um, Mike, real quick, who do you got?
0: I think Nunes takes the uh, takes the rematch. I think she uh, takes it seriously now.
2: I do too, but uh, I don't know. She left ATT. We'll see how that what happens there. Um, but uh, I think I skipped ahead a little bit just because I no- noticed that transition. Marcus, Holly Holm, mm-hmm. Ketlin Vieira, right? Took about. 32 minutes with commercials. Sure. <laughs> uh, most people thought Holly Holm won. Mm-hmm. She was real upset that she didn't win. Yeah. People said robbery. Other people said, man, it'd be cool. If people knew the rules. Um, yeah. What did you think? Um, I thought it was really close. And I think even after
3: you analyze the third round, which seems to be the sticking point, that seems to be the round on the judge, the judging scorecard that seems to differ. It's, it's tough, even understanding the new rule set. It's still kind of you know picking your poison. What is more valuable to you in the damage department? Because what you had in this fight overall was Holly controlling the clinch a lot and and doing good work there. You know using good head uh, position to control Caitlin, landing light strikes. And I think that that's kind of what it comes down to in the third round when you're analyzing the two is that she scored more strikes, but they were in the clinch. They were knees to the leg, kind of these pattering punches to the head not very solid big shots were Vieira in that round landed more significant strikes got bigger reactions out of Holly and you know we talked about this multiple times and I think we'll continue to talk about this because Bob, I don't know how long ago is when we kind of had this big shift in our understanding of how these fights were being judged and that damage trumps all everything underneath that only matters when damage is completely even and I think it's been adjustment for, for us and the commentators, especially Cormier, who talked about that kind of at length today.
2: I I really I appreciate Cormier finally learning the rule. Well, I don't know if that's the case, Bob. Oh, he I, didn't? I don't oh. think
3: you can stand on that pillar and say that he's learned because he thought Holly won the fight. He was shocked when C- Caitlin won. The first question he asked Caitlyn, which was is, which is not an unfair question, was like, do you think you did enough to win the fight? And I think today I heard him basically say, and I think – it's been a shift and I think he was looking at some other fights like Usman and mazvidal and saying like well how did Usman win that fight if he was just controlling the clinch and I'd have to like you know reanalyze that fight but in this fight in particular it really came down to look at this one fighter landed more strikes controlled the fight for longer but the other fighter had you know three or four more damaging strikes and that ended up getting her the round so I think DC and what a lot of people and John McCarthy and Bellator is is you know um, a victim of this as well is putting still putting a lot more value in the control and a takedown and you know being able to dictate how the how the fight or how the round was fought and not putting as much importance on the damage because that's really all well, it comes okay, down to. You, you know what did not
2: help, but doesn't help this shit when like John McCarthy messes it up. In that, um, or or in this case, like DC, like I think well, there's okay, still me, a lot of people the in the booth. You know, best thing is they don't even they don't mention the word damage because they're never going to say the word damage in any sort of real official document. And like the government, right? Say you wanted to damage somebody, Is it significant mm-hmm. strikes, or? legal blows that have immediate or cumulative impact with the potential to contribute towards the end of the match, with the immediate weighing more heavily than the cumulative impact. Meaning, I crack you, you get stumbled, more effective than me throwing a bunch of leg kicks. Then it slowly hurts Yeah, you, I, I mean that's that's a, a lot of words for someone in the booth instead but of I saying does more damage. Damage but well. like I yeah. That
3: that that is the and then, that, that's and then exactly on the grappling what
2: it side. Says. Successful execution of takedowns, su- submission attempts, reversals, and the achievement of advantageous positions that produced immediate, immediate or cumulative impact with the potential to contribute to the, end of the match, with the immediate way more heavily than the cumulative impact. And shall be noted know, that a successful takedown is not merely a changing of position, but the establishment of an attack from the use of the takedown.
0: So And and Bob, you know, when it comes to how you described it, I don't know if it's just a matter of... uh, That's... Okay. Uh, Um, I don't think it's just a matter of semantics, because the way you described it, if they're basing it off that, I can see why Holly would have an issue, because while Ketlin pursed right did have more um have more stopping power than Holly. There were maybe what three strikes where like it looked like it visibly affected Holly. But from what I remember, there weren't really any strikes that Ketlin, you know, landed on Holly where it's like, oh shit, Holly's about to go out. Or like, you know, Holly's in real trouble here. Like she would get stunned for like maybe a second and that was about it. Which is different than just saying damage, right? Because with damage is like, oh, who just got hurt more throughout the fight? So, oh, uh, you're you're muted, Bob. It does say, I mean, an immediate impact is if she got stunned. Now, that, is it an is it an immediate impact as in like it will turn the fight as in? Well, you don't know, man. Stopped? When you, when someone gets hurt, st- like you don't like come back. I don't think you. I don't think you can
2: like go back and judge it in the past. I think if I hit, stick you and you're just like you know stunned we assume that it's contributing towards the end of this fight, right? Right. Like, I think that's part of it.
0: Now, do we think this is – I mean, this is just more, I think, of a, you know, the people have been so set and used to how things have been that Mm -hmm. it's changing. But um, this is a bit before my time, but this kind of harkens back to how it was in Pride, no?
3: Yeah, it it does. I mean, what? and this is a similar thing happened in Pride that was so – one of the best cards they had was they had matt hume who was literally a judge he judged pride fights he was the only guy that spoke english that judged the pride fights and he went down the entire criteria and they had a criteria where basically it was number one was ipong trying to finish the fight number two was damage contributing to finishing the fight and then it was like effective striking grappling and so forth and so on so not only was it great that they finally had someone that literally that was their job they, they were getting paid to do that that's what they were an official for had that person in the booth explain it and then they had a number of fights where he's there commentating and then quadros and boss would be like okay well, well who won that right like, like he, he got a takedown there and then uh you know uh, Matt he would be like well you know one it was a little different because they were judging the whole fight so it wasn't round by round but he would basically like oh he had control but there wasn't a really contributing factor to finishing the fight so that he gets small points there but like you know maybe the guy landed one clean shot and he's like well he got he's going to earn more points for going for the ipon, trying to finish the fight so right now at this point I think this guy would win and, and and having that kind of analysis in the booth to explain it I think is invaluable and I think it would serve the UFC well to to have someone I mean it's hard because I don't know any of these judges I don't think they have the the I don't think any of the judges have read this. right or, or or really have the, that kind of charisma to be in the booth I think Matt Hume is is somewhat of a unique prospect
2: that he was able to kind of make that transition really seamlessly like be entertaining charismatic so. Matt Hugh I like Matt Hugh man but I don't know charismatic I mean,
3: charismatic <laughs> enough is that like he I mean, charismatic isn't the right word but he's knowledgeable he's well spoken mm. and in
2: those good on TV. Were, good he on was camera in the booth. Yeah,
3: he did. He did a good job. Like you know, I'm maybe he's a here, he's man. a little stiff. But I'm, like, just, I, I'm here, just
2: hating on Matt. Hume. I like Matt. Yo, Hume. A lot. Why, man. i I'm. I'm. I'm I was carrying the flag of Matt time, Humes, man. Care, I was calm, I was waving the flag of Matt Humes, greatest student this whole time with Mighty Mouse. Um, look, this has been the rule since 2017. Um, well, how long? I don't know. I don't know it depends how long it how long it took everybody to adopt him. Here's the thing, guys. I think we We got an actual scoring criteria that we like. If people used it. Like this is uh, yeah, what we wanted, I don't, I right? Don't hate this. But we all lived in a world where a bunch of morons poorly applied the poorly written rules that exerted, that, that poorly poorly like the reason they updated is there was too much vagueness in the old ones. And we'd have bullshit where like Hey man, uh Diego Sanchez is gonna just get on He's gonna take down Nick Diaz, but this whole rest of this fight, we're just gonna, you know, he's gonna be dodging shit from Nick from the Nick from Bottoms. Looks to be on bottom going for stuff, but that's Diego's on top, so he won. You know, like we're gonna just people misapplied the rules, misapplied the judge, misapplied uh, or, the criteria,
0: or the Diego Sanchez fight against Martin Kentman, where his fi- his face came out looking like puppy chow by the end. We had but been, he no, somehow the won the decision because he was pressuring
2: the whole. Well, fight. this is what people do. Like, people would be like, okay, effective striking, grappling, and octagon control. We're like, well, octagon control and aggressive. Uh, you know. What was it? Uh, aggressiveness, aggressiveness, and octagon control. Diego had that because he was chasing his ass around. It's not how this is supposed to work. Those only matter after effective striking and grappling. So we have all the people preconditioned to be like, okay, I'm gonna get it. Like this guy's gonna get a takedown in the last 20 seconds, right? Like Marcus, I told you. Like when someone says steal the round with a takedown, I hate mm-hmm. that shit because you are making it worse. Okay? We got all these people who just showed up became became fans of this sport in the last, a lot of them in the last two years. A lot more you know even more in the last five years there's hope here man who yeah, i mean who you know who won like the, you try like to you at said, least you know,
3: the, the way we analyze these fights and how they're judged and what's important has just changed right whether it's been 2017 and i think really in the last couple of years where this became more of a well-known commodity of how it's being judged which is kind of silly right like we should all be on the same page on how the sport is being played but yeah, for a long time, it was like, well, takedowns are a significant part of the scoring criteria. So if you get that at the end of the round, and that's the last thing the judge remember, you can honestly often, you know, that's going to edge you out in the round. So I do like this new criteria. It is going to take the judges, you know, upholding it. But I think this Holly Holm fight's a fairly good example because Caitlin Vieira landed those better strikes in the third round and she ended up getting the nod. Now, a lot of people are upset about it because we're still not super used to this well, she controlled most of the fight. She landed more strikes. Why didn't that garner her the victory? And I think there's going to be some learning pains there. But at the end of the day, if at the clapper, guys are like, go for fucking broke and get that big hit and, and go for something and steal the round that way instead of go for a double leg and get this guy on his butt for two seconds, I'm a much more enthusiastic you know consumer of the sport because that's, that's what i want to see i want to see guys going for the finish so
2: and if that's how the scoring is going to
3: be leaning against hopefully we get a better
2: product so ariel has been talking about this for a long time and uh, even more so this weekend a lot of other people were too and i think it, i at this point think we should do it um open scoring um we talked about it at nauseum every time we talk like yeah why, this. Is,
3: why is there any sport where i i guess it's fun at the end where it's like no who won who knows Play a basketball game where there's no fucking scoreboard and then everyone's trying to do the math on their fucking notepad. And then like, and then at the uh, end of the end of the that's game, called, it's like, oh, that's called, let's,
0: let's... that's called street ball. No, honestly, Mark. like it, it's... That, that's what you play as a kid.
2: Yeah, this is, uh, it's, we got to do it. I know I get the, what the argument is. It's like, oh, someone's going to get risk averse because they're up two rounds. People already are risk averse. They already do that. They yeah. already assume we had Rose Namajunas not throwing anything. So confident that she won, throwing nothing. You think if she knew she was like, what? What are we doing? <laughs> and, and, I, and to Mike's point, I will say, that you're you're right. Like in other
3: sports, there's there's a very clear criteria on how you score points to win a game, and fighting is subjective, right? You are trying to impress some dude watching it. So I just I always thought it was I, once once I started watching K one and they're like, yeah, they they tell you who's winning the round. It's like, why don't we do that? Why is why hasn't this been adopted? Why should there be any question going into the last frame, who's winning and who's losing?
2: Yeah, like we have a situation where like um, Misha Tate. Remember when Misha Tate was telling Brian Caraway like, "Oh, no, just cruise, you got this." And think it was against um, who was the other band? Who was the it was the Japanese band in white? Maybe Mizugaki? Mizagaki, Mizugaki, I think. I mean, he crushed him. <laughs> no, Caraway Mizogaki. So maybe uh, not him. Uh, oh. No, it was like the third because like it was like end of second round. She's like, "You're cruising," uh, you are know, Like she's like, "You're winning, cruise." And I remember all of us are just like, "Yo, he has won one round out of two, maybe," and then he lost two one. I'm sure she would have liked to see an open scoring. Um, ladies and gentlemen, got a special guest. Uh, the return of Kid <laughs> Presentable. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> Hi,
1: fellas. Uh, you know, I wanted to like that you guys get in your MMA housekeeping. Yeah. Um, because I have no idea what's going on anymore uh last i saw charles Oliveira wasn't the champion but he's the champion and that's about all i know about uh this little sport That you well better. here's the
2: thing i think Stefan has some good timing because i think that was fucking it
3: well what did you think
2: yet. of um how did do Did you see it do we even know what ponzo did uh, i was gonna watch it but he did
3: lose to uh priera but i think it was close i heard that was another kind of close fight but i i, I was thinking about watching it
0: and i didn't. i like positive Nibio. Oh, Positive, really In slip, MMA news, uh, Perea, is that, is that your name, Perea? Yeah, better than whatever yeah, I try okay. to spit on Beefing with Masvidal. I knew Mike and wouldn't Masvidal, catch this. Masvidal was basically saying, you know, yo, your girl wants to taste the penis. What's up?
2: Yep, that's why I knew Mike would comment on this. Uh, I was waiting for that. <laughs> I don't know. I guess uh, Masvidal sent emojis at this man's wife or so I don't know.
0: And he yeah, said I'd like to know what respect. the
2: And this dude's like I'd like to know what the emojis mean. I feel we should discuss it in the octagon was, and I'm what like What was the emoji? Was I think it, he was it said like the prayer hands was prayer it prayer the hands. eggplant, prayer hands.
0: All right. So it yeah. wasn't the eggplant. It wasn't the eggplant with so it wasn't eggplant uh droplets and then a peach, right? Cuz you know what that means. Yeah, someone's going on a
2: plant-based diet. Okay? That's what it means. And they're sweating it. They're not they're, <laughs> they're not excited about it.
0: <laughs> Um that
2: is not what that means. Yeah, no problem. Uh, you just gotta send a girl a smiley face, Mike. You're gonna Bitches say the line. love smiley Bitches faces. Bitches love smiley faces, exactly. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I was waiting for that. Um, <laughs> all right, that's kind of it for them in May because nothing's really going on. We're gonna be as I mentioned, we'll be back when we're back next Tuesday night. We're gonna record the show. So next Wednesday it'll be in your uh on your whatever phones, I'm assuming. What am I acting like I don't know? On your phones, that's where you're gonna see them. See it, uh next Wednesday. We'll uh, pre- we'll preview this Volkov biggie boy fight. And as Stefan <laughs> noted to me earlier, I'm a big fucking Volkov guy. All right? Big fucking
0: Volkov guy. It's like $90. i am going to Dollars. cover it but, a
1: week in advance. Yeah. I get so the hype,
0: Bobby. I get before, the hype. Before we get into stuff we like, uh, I just want to shout out the PC Richards and Astoria because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even get to what I was going to say. I just were shouting out electronic stores. Okay, go ahead. Well, well, they need to be shouted out because I bought two air conditioners this past weekend because on Friday when I was leaving my apartment, it said it was going to be 91 degrees. And that really expedited my bite of of an AC. I installed the one in the living room. It worked for about five minutes. And I thought, "Uh uh-oh, I fucked something up here. This has to be something I did. And it turns out what happened was that I installed a 110-volt plug into a socket that was 220 volts. So I just shorted out my AC, and when that repairman came, he was like, yo, you know you fucked this up, right? And I go, of course I did it. The super installed that socket. That wasn't me. And he looked at me like, sure it was the super (laughs) how dare the super do this to you let me see what i can do when i call because you know right now we're not supposed to be taking this shit right (laughs) that's literally how he's talking to me god bless that man and god bless his manager because they just go you know what we can't fault this guy it was his supers problem all that stupid super so Mike, is this AC.
1: is this the answer is this the answer to why you are in a familiar setup from what I see behind you? Because I, I thought you got a new pad. He's not there
0: yet. It's a process. Yeah. It's not there yet, but oh, still you know, setting up, still setting up, still setting up. Still setting it up little by little. Mike, one man construction career right now. As I mm-hmm. just talked about, my house is still, you know, a sweltering sauna. So I ain't <laughs> about to be up in there. As soon as we're done with this podcast, I'm gonna turn on old faithful AC right over here. So I could be fucking chilling. Literally. Excellent. PC um, Richards, Astoria, Do good work.
2: Great. Again, electronic shops. We're shouting out now. Um, all right. Um, stuff we like. Um, we'll hold the wrestling off to the end, but Mike and I are going to Vegas for a pay-per-view, which Mike has not watched a television show for for the last six weeks because he's effectively been doing construction every waking minute. That's what this man does now, uh, Steph. Mike just... Mike is sanding floors. Mike's installing baseboards. He's just building his own house over there. Um, I apparently
0: don't know how to figure out what's a 220 volt outlet, though. I
2: remember you telling me I might ask my dad for help when I do the electrical. And I've learned right now, Mike did not ask for help. <laughs> not no help at all. <laughs> um. All right. Somebody talk about something they're into. Steph, what do you got?
1: I mean, I just got here. I do not even have time to shoot the shit with anybody. Fine. And you just want to catch you up. You know what, fine. I'll right. go first. All
0: right, all right fine. We'll, we'll, we'll give you some time to stew. Yeah, you know, I got I'll, I'll go. You, you go first, Bob.
2: Okay, Atlanta ended. All right? Season three of Atlanta. And I don't know how to talk about the show. If people haven't seen the show, because Stefan's watched some of this season, I think. Maybe two or three episodes at most. What do you I have, I watched
0: buddy?
1: the first two episodes. Okay. I watched the premiere, but I kind of fell off after.
2: So you'll note, Stefan, that one of those two episodes included the characters of the show you watch, and the other episode—not the first one—and then the not other the episode <laughs> made you wonder: I'm just watching a different show.
3: What is? I mean, this? imagine
1: a imagine a season premiere mark of a of, of a dear show of yours, and not a single character you know is in that episode. Yeah, and you just Mixing you just think you're watching up. a different show now. So I think for this season,
2: I think the season was ten episodes, eight episodes. I don't know. Okay. But about half the episodes included a bunch of people I'd never seen before. And those same people didn't repeat themselves. Um, that being said, the last episode, tried to bring some of that together. Um, very Van uh, or Vanessa-heavy episode, uh, Zazzy Beats, which was honestly good to see because she hasn't done a lot this season and she's a very talented actress. Um, I believe she played... Was it Domino in Deadpool 2? Yep. Yeah, to play Domino there. I always really liked her in um in Atlanta. Overall, uh season was kind of crazy. I enjoyed all of it. Other times I was wildly uncomfortable. But I think that's kind of how Atlanta works for me. So I uh I guess season four is coming pretty soon because they filmed three and four at the same time. So um yeah i watched atlanta that's a wrap and uh i would have watched barry but i didn't get a chance to for this podcast that one got renewed for season four which i didn't see coming um mike how about you what do you got
0: so i've watched half of this movie that's on disney plus uh chippendale's rescue rangers uh the movie so far 45 minutes in is fucking amazing uh I gave it a shot mainly because Chippendale's Rescue Rangers was my favorite show on the Disney afternoon when I was a kid. So I thought, well, I got it. I got to give this a shot. Um, very good. I think that movie did it did what Space Jam was trying to do, um, mm-hmm. but it just did it a lot better. It also has a lot of nice little uh, pop culture references and uh, takes the, the the Rescue Rangers down uh Kind of weird and irreverent way for a for a Disney movie. Uh and it was pretty it's pretty amazing so far, 45 minutes in.
2: Yo, Space Jam was just about how LeBron's a bad dad. Did anybody else see Space Jam too besides me? It was. No, I, I, it. I, I didn't, yeah. but
3: I, I I know what Mike's talking about and I'll expand as I've watched <sighs> the full film. I didn't just <laughs> put out I didn't I didn't watch half of it and be like, damn, this shit's good. Let's
0: put this on. I some. fell asleep. I fell asleep okay, last night. Okay. Okay. What do you Fair want? On. Fair enough. <laughs>
2: It's quite Mike. a show we got this week. Marco Mike, you're tired.
0: <laughs> you know, that'd be time for, for nine hours. Sure, sure. I got you. I got you. Anything else, Mike? Um, Ugly Sonic so far is the my favorite part of the movie. I thought you were going to expand on story, Chippendales, yeah. bro. What's up?
3: Uh, well, I wanted to 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 let you finish if you had other things and I could expand. Nice and, yeah, I mean, I... Kind of, I, I think that was a little bit of, of a spoiler territory, but whatever, who cares? It's Chippendale, it's streaming only. Uh, yeah, there's, I think what what Mike is alluding to with the the Space uh, Jam reference is that it, unbeknownst, you wouldn't think this film would be so reference-heavy and pul- culture-centric, um, but essentially the premise is that, you know, cartoons and people live in the same world. Chippendale wasn't a cartoon, it was, you know, a live-action series. Um, and they kind of feed into where they've gone from here. And as and I can the opposite of Mike, I didn't have the Disney Channel growing up. You know, I always heard about the the afternoon, you know, block of you know th- those shows and how great they were. and I, and I've seen a few episodes here and there, but I didn't really have that nostalgia going into it. And I still thoroughly enjoyed it. I think it's just a fantastic film in and of itself. um you know, a lot of comedic voices, somewhat of our generation, Annie Sandberg, John Mullaney, uh, Seth Rogen, uh, amongst many others, and like I said, just a lot of references. And I, th- I think the biggest one, the most funniest one, is that as Dale is kind of on the con scene, is it is it Dale or Chip? I get him confused still. Even Dale's the one
0: it. with the red, uh, red nose. The one played by Andy Samberg.
3: Okay, so Dale's at the con and he's with the other cartoon characters that you know are no longer utilized. And probably one of the best references in the whole film is they have the pre-release sonic the hedgehog the ugly sonic version with the human teeth and the weird eyes and proportions and he's a prominent character in this film and it is really funny yeah
2: i got a question i mean this sincerely is this one of those we're gonna take a 90s thing and make a new make it all over again is the audience children or People all our age no, are going to get body, stoned and watch it,
1: body, Every everything that's reborn of our childhood is meant for us still as adults.
2: Okay, that's what matters because I wasn't sure. Like you get like you said, like Seth Rogen and Andy Samberg and Mulaney, and I'm like, no fucking ten year old gives a flying fuck about any of these people. So it's, and, it's t- we're the we're the target audience then. I would, also,
0: I would also say, um, I mean, Chippendales Rescue Rangers, while that show was in the nineties. Um, Chippendale have been around since like the sixties sure. or fifties.
2: Yeah, but you understand what I'm asking. Like what's the what was this a kids thing or is this trying to entertain people yeah. you No, know, I
3: think like Stefan said, a lot of this stuff is towards us, 30-year-old millennials or what have you. And then I think the the game plan is we're gonna be excited about it if we have kids it's age appropriate enough, I think. I mean, honestly, there's some jokes here and I think this is, I think any successful animated film has to kind of breach this line of catering to both the young audience and the parents that'll be there as well. Because, I mean, you can cater to the young audience and that'll do fine. But I think if you can kind of win over the parents with some more adult jokes that maybe go over the heads of the kids but doesn't deter the film from their enjoyment, you have something that everyone kind of gets, you know, on board with. And I think that's what, this is trying to hearken to but it is very nostalgia based it's very much rooted in the 90s it's in one of the scenes they go to uh, Dale's hideout and it's all like he's got the NES cartridges he's got the arcade machine he has all the the tapes on VHS it's a very 90s nostalgic kind of move there but set in present day and I think honestly I think what makes the film so fun is this mashup between our reality the animated world you know, uh cgi graphics computer characters Seth Rogen basically plays like this dwarf viking character that's supposed to be like from a video game but it's from the uncanny valley and he doesn't really look directly at your eyes but he's talking to you and there's a lot of there's lots of humor like that, that i think is is directed more t- towards us and i think a lot of younger viewers wouldn't really understand but at the same time you know i'm not to disparage the the youthful they don't need to catch every joke to enjoy a film. I think just, you know, the moving pictures is is enough to
2: capture the imagination yeah, to I was some extent. Yeah, say bright colors probably does and, it. And like <laughs> you said,
3: Bobby, like, oh, no 10-year-old is going to give, you know, two shits about Andy Samberg. But I would also question who would they care about unless it's some YouTuber that has recently made it big that yeah. they get excited about. I don't really know what who they could draw on for VO artists that would get the youth, you know, The TikTok energized. kids.
2: Get some of them in there. My,
0: yeah. My question I, I think is, it's also did... – go ahead. Go ahead, Seth.
1: Oh, I was just gonna ask, when did Disney acquire the Sonic rights? It, has there been another acquisition that I uh, I mean I, we we live in the era of the supermarket, so know. that's where I'm just like, did Sega get acquired by Disney
0: and something I, that? I, I don't missed?
3: know who did the Sonic films, because maybe it's Fox and now that's part of the umbrella. But what I did hear is that it was not easy to get that cameo. Cause I think the people that created the Sonic or have like, the Sonic the Hedgehog series is going strong. Two just came out. I think it did pretty well at the box office. So I don't think they we're necessarily stoked to be reminded about their hideous creature, but have enough wherewithal <laughs> to be like, you know, th- this is a joke. This, the internet has, has taken our, you know, weird creation, Sega and with
2: still it. owns it.
3: Who? Yeah. Sega? Sure. Sega owns it. But and what about
2: Paramount, the, Paramount Pictures distributed? Ooh. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting. Maybe so they just licensed I, it. I, I I
3: and I did read. I didn't read. I, I saw headlines that you know the director said it, that was not an easy get. Um and that character's prominent. Like he's not just a flash in the pan Easter egg, like he comes back, you know, like there's multiple scenes with him. And he's fun. And I think that that was really kind of of our time, a really interesting get that you wouldn't expect. You know, I expect maybe there'd be some uh you know, transformers in the background, but to get ugly Sonic in there I think was, was Is uh, is
2: it voiced by uh John Ralphio? No. No, okay. No. This is just now. I just learned that John Ralphio voices Sonic, Jog. Really,
0: you just learned that. I never you? saw the movies.
2: Yeah. I just it looks so not my thing, and I was like, so, I don't like Sonic movies. The
0: Sonic movies, looked, the Sonic real is stupid, also amazing.
2: Okay, I only saw one, but
3: I did enjoy it. I, okay. I think two looks check pretty Check that out. On Sonic Netflix. two is
0: good. And one last fun fact. Um, I know you never watched the cartoon growing up, uh, Mark, but for mm-hmm. the other two, um, Chip, his outfit in uh in the show was based off indiana jones Mm -hmm. and dale's outfit was based off magnum pi yeah i mean you don't have to have watched
3: the shows to to put those pieces together
0: Uh, and there's a nice callback. when you you watch the show when you were five you have no idea what magnum pi is all right i learned that as an adult i don't think magnum pi but definitely got the indiana jones with the hat and the
2: leather jacket
3: and they have a nice callback in the movie as well for that so yo Uh, john ralphio
0: voiced bb8
2: also I'm learning a lot about this dude right well, now. I mean, yeah. I mean,
3: as much as beeps and bloops from a human
2: can be. Really hey, man, I don't know how much different. they're paying uh, Vin Diesel to do Groot. I'm sure it's nothing. But okay. at least that's There's an English
3: you can understand. He's saying, "I am Groot" in different tones.
2: Um. All right. You got anything else this week, Mark?
3: Oh, me? Oh, me? Okay. Yeah. I mean, I I guess Mike is done, so I will move on. Um, yeah, not too much. Chippendale was the was the big one. Um, I have continued to watch Bob's Burgers. Me and Christine, I, I think subconsciously, I've just been gearing up for the stupid movie that's coming out. Which there's really stupid I, movie. I, well, I just these movies from animated shows always just seem weird, right? And I it think seems like, unnecessary. You know, like, yeah, they they justify because <laughs> it's also it's just like you know how does this differ from any like three episode arc they could have done um, just within a season and and i think like the simpsons movie does this it's just like to to i think maybe validate themselves and i don't want to throw shade because i've i've been enjoying bob's burgers I, i've been a big fan i think the show's really fun and i think it's interesting they're getting a movie and I, i'm i'm looking forward to it and i'm kind of catching up but i do think it's fun all these movies like when they're like okay we got this big budget baby what are we gonna do shadows everyone's shadowed we're incorporating lighting into the show so like every time i see a clip it's like oh i I've noticed you've added shadows to the scene. Very interesting. Which is, I'm sure, you know, I mean, under a
2: tight budget and having to get all these episodes so, out. So uh, do you know where is. you are? Where are you with Bob's Burgers? Because I, I love Bob's I think, Burgers. You know, I'm a I big think fan. we're on season 11, I think. Early I mean, I'm, I'm a, I think, I I think I'm about one behind, one whole season behind right now. Um, I think they're on 12 now, so, I think. Oh, they're on, you're on 12 now? You're on 11? I think so, yeah. Oh, you might be roughly around when I am then. Something. So um, Alright, who is your favorite non-Belcher character, not counting Teddy?
1: Oh, uh, what's his name? Uh, the kid, uh, the, uh, what is it? Uh, average Size Rudy? What's his name? How does oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Rudy, Rudy is really good. <laughs> what, 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 is, what is Rudy
2: called? A, I think he's Average Size Rudy, is what his name is. Or Normal Size Rudy, and then there's uh, I like yeah. Zeke. I fucking love Zeke. I think Zeke is, Zeke's the one who's always wrestling with Jimmy Jr., yeah, he calls yeah, him jeju When he learns one. how to cook is one of the funniest things to me. When Mister, when Bob's trying to be like Zeke, you got, you got, you got the natural ability. No, I don't, Mister B. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't know. I may mean, not really got to me. Um, I regular
1: it. sized, it was alliteration. That's regular sized, was. Rudy.
2: And I like Andy and Ollie
1: too.
3: Those, yeah they, uh, they don't
1: get as much plays they know just
3: to. um they started introducing a new character I, I i liked there was one where um there's a limousine driver and she's taking all the girls out oh for she's like good valentine's day yeah. and she's reoccurring she she kept coming oh, yeah. back and i think she's kind of a fun wild card um that's really interesting but yeah you know you think about like the the side characters i mean, yeah i guess there's not really one where like anytime i see them like oh this is going to be a, a fun scene i think it, it, it and the show kind of works for me on that level where hmm. The highs and lows are—they—they—they're not peaking super high. Like, there's not a lot of times where I'm like laughing out loud, you know. But it, I always find the show entertaining, so yeah. it, it hits a medium line where it's good. It's good binging, I think. You know, I'm just—I think the I think also point. it's a good
2: thing about the show is no one member of that family, I think, is like. I think they're all pretty equally carrying their roles. If that makes sense, I don't know. Sure. Because yeah. I think even you know, any one of them can be too much. Like I love Gene, but Gene. Didn't give yeah. a bit much. He's a, you know. a one liner. He definitely just <laughs> says his one little fun line and then they kind of move on. Yeah. Um, I did want to
3: mention there was one other show I've caught a few episodes of, but I haven't really gone super deep into it. And this is a sci fi show. It's called Resident Alien. Um, and I'll probably need Stefan's help here. Who's the blonde guy that was in Firefly? It's Alan Tunic or something like that. Uh, Do not remember? yeah so he's the yeah. he's the main protagonist in this and this is a you know a kind of a classic you know fish out of water he's an alien that crash lands on earth and he's trying to you know mix in with the humans uh and for a sci-fi show there's definitely some characters and writing which is kind of like oh this character really clamped onto this weirdo maybe faster than it would be realistic but it's been a good show it's been really funny so i do recommend you know if you have the ability to Catch that show. I'm watching it on uh, someone's Plex, so I don't know what it's streaming on, if anything.
1: But uh, I've enjoyed it, so. You know, when, when you said sci-fi show, Mark, I was hoping you would say the uh, you checked out the Halo show, because I don't know no, anyone no. that's watched it, and I've only heard horrible things. I've only heard I, it, it I, is. I heard it is surprisingly horny. That is, uh, it is uh, shocking. That, that is, a, of
3: the two things I know about that show, that is one of them. Mike, you apparently uh, uh, maybe saw uh, uh, the trailer or the the No, pilot, I've I mean? watched
0: about two episodes of it. I can't get over Is it as horny
1: as they're saying, Mike?
0: I haven't noticed that um i can't get over the fact that master chief is played by porn stash yeah and, the, and there is the other thing that's <laughs> like when he took out like i was thinking yo master chief is badass he's badass and then at the end of the first episode when he took off his helmet i'm like yo porn stash is master chief no no yeah
3: I mean it it, me and Bob talked about this a little bit in the office but as someone that doesn't have a horse in the race I I was not particularly excited about the show I didn't really care I'm not a huge Halo fan the little bit I know of Master Chief is that he's very stoic he's a man of few if no words he's all action and you never see the dude's fucking face and it's been a huge thing he's
1: an avatar he's an avatar for the player so the minute you give him an image and you create a characterization for him, it's not going to be what so many people imagined.
3: Right. And I mean, in the games, I mean, look, the, that series has been going around for like 20 years at least, you know, actually probably probably around a, a 20 years now. And it's been kind of a sticking point where there's been trailers where like, oh, it looks like he's taking his helmet off. In this game, are we finally going to see his face and you've never seen his face? So I think for the show to kind of take that off and then again, like it, nothing against that, that actor, but it's just like, like, like Stefan said, there was really no way to appease everybody but I don't think that's what anyone really imagined Mm -hmm. and then the other side of the coin is that like yeah I guess he bones down and it's like the very little I know of Master Chief is that he does not have a sexual drive he is a man focused on killing aliens and only that so to to have him be characterized as like oh man have you seen that booty on that lady it's just like it does not jive with like my understanding of like what that character is which is basically a space marine who is genetically created for combat and only combat. And it doesn't mean that, you know, he can't have those feelings, but it's just something that I do Let me
0: ask you a question, dear Mark. Have you ever met a Marine that's on leave?
3: I've never met a Spartan fictional character that was genetically created. A
0: Marine is a Marine is a Marine is a Marine, all right? Them dudes are some of the horniest motherfuckers you'll ever meet when they're trying to get some Nookie.
3: Again, I haven't played the Halo games. Maybe there's some some lines in there where Master Chief's like, oh, man, I can't wait to to get off I would, and go have some... I just want to... Uh,
2: everybody just rewind back to the beginning of the podcast with Mike's heartfelt message to the troops for Memorial Day and just juxtapose that with them motherfuckers be horny. <laughs> okay?
3: I mean, like- I respect you,
1: but damn you, horny. That, <laughs> I understand. It's question. just not,
3: not... And again, like, I, I could care less. Like, I don't care. I have Master Chief bone all the ladies, but it's just like... I did not think that's where that series was going. I guess I shouldn't be surprised that it's like, it's a movie that we want to target for teenagers. Maybe you know, dude gets his dick waggon on the side. Who's to say what's right and wrong? It's, it's like, all right, <laughs> whatever. You guys have fun
2: over there.
1: I mean, it makes what is me this show on Paramount?
2: That,
1: uh... Yeah, it's a Paramount yeah. show. Yeah.
2: Is
0: someone
1: paying for Paramount yet? I didn't yet? really know anyone who watched
2: it. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah. I I I I, I told I Mark. Think, I'm... I think
0: I think I'll for Paramount. I think that's how I'm watching it. You're paying for Paramount? <laughs> not even know. Mike got the I, bill
2: for
1: this one. Hey, are,
0: are you, you paying in quotes?
2: Mike
1: asked for the uh, DAZN password.
2: No, no, no. Oh, I'm God, asking. that was the best day ever. Mike messaged the group chat. What's the password for DAZN? I'm like, or like, who's got a zone password? And I'm like, you do, You, Mike, bitch. You do. That's your account. We, 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 we pitched money at you to buy it. <laughs> um, all right. That's it. That's all I got. Sorry. Stefan, before Mike tries yeah. to learn th- six weeks of wrestling by asking me questions, uh why don't you tell us what you're into? This is the this is we last yeah,
1: talked to. You. I mean, I'm not a- around too much, so I'll hit a couple categories. Uh keeping it on TV. Um, you know, a series, you know, speaking of I am super behind on all my live action shows, Bob. I-, I tell you all the time, I'm behind on Barry, Atlanta, what else? I still haven't watched Peacemaker. Like I- I've only watched two episodes of Moon Knight. I am way behind in my backlog of live TV shows. Um, but a show that was on my radar and I really wasn't looking forward to, um, very similar to atlanta and barry just because we've had a lot of lull time but um early reviews have come out and a lot of opinions that i personally trust um are saying really really good things about the uh coming out this friday uh the penultimate season of stranger things um mm. you know especially a show that relies is it gonna be Ill-
0: another season after this one
1: yeah there's there's supposedly they've announced and are already filming well i thought it was
2: I thought it was just this season and then like the
1: final of this two parts. I thought like the second part was just the end of the whole thing. Okay. Maybe they're, maybe they're doing it that way. I mean, me and Mike watch attack on Titan and we're on season four of the final season of attack (laughs) on Titan. So people can do whatever the hell they want nowadays, you know, Uh, just tell us when it's on uh, and when it's not on. That's it. Yeah. (laughs) So it shows up this Friday. um, And honestly, not too many people do the Netflix dump it all at once thing um and frankly i like that i like being able to watch it on my own time i like that if i have momentum i can keep rolling through um i like that if there's a bad or boring episode i don't have to sit on it for a week um but uh that said uh you know i'm hearing really good things um anime front mike had the audacity to ask me if i knew about spy family the hottest hottest anime of the season but uh that said it is a fantastic show mike are you caught up on
0: it i will kill for anya all right.
1: Yes. Uh, it's it's the internet's anime daughter. Um, it's a fun premise. Mike, did you already talk about the show? Have you already introduced it to the MMA audience? I have not far away. Um, yeah. So it's 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 basically a simple like setup of um, due to circumstances, this kind of makeshift family has to occur. Um, and right, it, it's it's basically you have a super spy who's trying to uh, prevent a world war. It's kind of in a semi fictionalized version of the world, kind of in a Cold War era type um, time setting. Um, He adopts a daughter uh, who is a telepath, unbeknownst to him. Um, And he needs to find a mother figure for this um, kind of makeshift family who is a uh, world like highest level assassin, again, unbeknownst to each other. So they all kind of have this secret power and secret lives where they're trying to be this makeshift family to get this daughter into this high class prestigious school um, because, you know, uh, one of the children, uh, parents is the target of the spy, but, uh, it's kind of just this developing thing where they're all kind of learning about each other, but none of them have really exposed their secrets yet, um, and then, like, you know, Mike was saying, it's kind of the most adorable anime daughter, um, I'm watching, uh, the third season, I believe it is, of, uh, Kaguya-sama Love is War, um, probably the funniest comedy series, uh, in anime that I've truly ever watched, um, you know high school rom-com type thing but uh the whole premise is that the main two neither of them wants to concede love first so it's all the mind games and things they do uh but they this season had a rap episode um one of the best episodes of any anime i've ever
0: watched uh as a fan of
1: hip-hop culture and oh, uh, rom-com you animes.
0: Rap as in like rap i thought you meant rap like wrap
1: Oh, no, not like like it, it's ending. No, no, like it, it's one of the characters was really shitty at rapping, but he really wanted to learn how to rap so he could convey his feelings to another character. And it's the whole mini training arc of him becoming a good rapper with a hell of a payoff of him then rap battling to express his feelings at a park. Um, it's impossible to explain just how good the execution of it is, but it's amazing. Um, another random show that I've been watching anime wise, it's called uh, Love After World Domination. It's just one of those mashup of premises where it basically takes a Power Rangers slash Sentai as setup, um, except the Red Ranger or uh, basically the Red Ranger. He falls in love with like the general one of the generals of the evil like army, like the, she's called the Reaper Princess. Um, and it's basically how they have to do battle with each other week to week in a very like episodic serial like a Power Rangers. But at the same time, they're secretly dating. Um It's just a fun, dumb premise, you know, Uh, but enjoying that. Um, Big thing that I probably should
0: mention. Oh, wait, just one quick uh, thing. One quick thing. Speaking about the Red Ranger. Yo. Oh, he's he's in a PPP scheme. Yo. Thief. Thief that Red Ranger.
1: He's he's taking bad loans. Yo, Uh, you know who else
2: is? Ted DiBiase Jr. I wonder where he learned that from. mm -hmm. Uh, Crooked dad of his got rich somehow, huh? Exactly. Go ahead, Steph. No one ever
1: asked where the millions came from, Bobby. Exactly. No one ever asked how he made those millions. Um, I mentioned this to Bob and Mark already, Mike, so it'll be the first time I say it to you. Um, I saw a movie uh, on Saturday evening. Um, best in-theater movie experience I've had since Endgame. Like, instantly, just a beloved movie for me. Um, I haven't laughed so hard at a movie in so long, movie made me cry like 20 times and like but it's comedy was so rapid fire that even when it was hitting these sentimental points it was still firing jokes at you at the same time so you had this confused emotion of your eyes welling up but at the same time hilarious shit is happening um and i'm talking about a movie called everything everywhere all at once um a original multiverse movie that has nothing it's not based on any comics it's not based on any, like, you know, graphic novels. It's just a completely original idea starring Michelle Yeoh. Um, it's the return of uh, ki he Kwan, um, who was uh, – was it Data in Indiana Jones? Was that his name? And then he was also in The Goonies. He's the little Asian kid in those, and he never did anything after because Hollywood was racist. Um, short round? You know? Yeah, short round is that – one of them not, was he Data. Was that Goonies? That he was dating? short round is Indiana
2: Jones. Jones yeah. yeah, I don't know. But don't um, yeah,
1: he was the little Asian kid in those. Um, and he has a he, you know, he had an interview on Jimmy Kimmel where he talked about it. Like there just weren't roles for him in Hollywood. It's not that he ever lost the passion for it or that he never wanted to act again is that there's simply no roles. And it wasn't until Crazy Rich Asians happened that he got inspired. He said he felt like this FOMO, like, oh, you know, maybe Asian people are having this moment. And I got to say Michelle Yeoh is the star of the movie. But every scene that he is in is amazing. He has so much charisma. He has so much like comedic timing and he has so much heart. He has like one scene in the movie, which is like. That I just really connected with on a personal level. Um, I thought the movie was absolutely amazing. I, I I can't speak highly enough of it. I remember the first. I, it was on my radar from the moment I saw the trailer, and then I'm I saw an IGN mark. They had an early review for it, and they gave it a perfect ten out of ten. And I'm like, wow, mm-hmm. that's actually pretty lofty praise. And then you know, like those commercials where they like you know start quoting the excerpts about reviews. And so I was like, man, all I've seen are perfect 10 scores for this movie. And then I get this commercial, and the first thing they say is, yes, it's really as good as everyone is saying. And I'm like, okay, so now this review is verifying the other reviews. Um, and I finally saw it myself, and I think it's a masterpiece. Um, I absolutely, absolutely adore this movie. Um, everything about it, the, I hope, amazing things of the cast. It's I heard it was originally written with Jackie Chan in mind to be the lead. Um, and there's no way this movie works the same if he's the lead. Uh, Michelle Yeoh is the center of it, and kind of everything I know about her, because she has like a stoic badass personality, and it just really fits with what the message they're trying to present. Um, the The typical stoic, you know, Asian person who isn't totally in touch or knows how to express themselves, and that journey of figuring out how to be honest and how to express yourself. And there's just so many cultural things that they really really hit maybe maybe that's something that'll elevate it for me is being um asian and understanding a lot of the cultural experiences with family but i do think a lot of it is still universal i don't think you necessarily have to be asian it just so happens to be these characters are but um i truly can't praise this movie enough like it's the most i've enjoyed a movie in a long long time um and yeah, it's just like, I, I say run, don't walk. I feel like, you know, not a lot of you are going to make it out to the theaters. So you are going to wait for it to be, you know, available on a uh, VOD at some point. But if you happen to have the time of day and you do see it at a theater playing by you, I don't think you'll regret the trip to it. Um, Truly, truly adored this movie. Yeah,
3: Steph, similarly, I think it was um, with Spider-Man. I think it was a trailer for Spider-Man. That's where I first saw it. And I was like, oh, I'm going to see this. And unfortunately when it first came out it was limited release so i was like oh i have to go to san francisco to see it and then when it came out to more public release and it has been playing in local theaters i just had to be there. And i kept thinking like oh this weekend i told us so like oh we're going to try to see that movie this weekend and just haven't done it and, and like i told you like the moments on VOD now i'm picking it up because i've wanted to see it for a while because i've heard the same uh you know raving reviews about it and, I, and it, the trailer just looked fucking awesome in and of itself but i do want to give shout outs i mean not only to that film but like I think A24 is, like, low-key putting out, like, the best fucking films. Like, I don't usually pay much attention to who, like, the distributors are. But, like, I started watching more of their stuff, like The Green Knight and this horror movie that's just coming out called Men. Like, these guys just put out interesting fucking flicks. And, you know, I think a lot of people get kind of burnt out. Like, everything's a graphic novel or some out of – based off a book or something. And I think a lot of people think there's not a lot of, like, original ideas in Hollywood and i think a24 is the exact opposite of that is like they're just putting out amazing original stuff on their own that is like smaller budget but still hitched as hard as anything else um so i definitely want to shout out to them because anytime i see something it says a24 on it, i'm like ooh, i'm like let me put an eye on this because they do quality work and i think this is probably their highest profile probably best received film they put out yet um yeah and I still do want to see it in theaters, but like it's definitely a thing. Like As soon as I can watch it at home, I'm there. Um, and maybe even you know if I have time, I'll try to check it out at the theater because it's been on my radar for a long time. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, when it's available for download, I haven't bought a movie in so long. Yeah, that like, 25 this, bucks is done. They got it. But yeah, this is one I absolutely want to buy just because it's the type of movie. And I, was, I saw it with uh, my sisters and brother-in-law. We all kind of had a night out on Saturday. Cool. Um, and... It's one of those movies where every time you watch it, you'll pick up a different detail. You know, like, there's just so much that goes on. And, you know, the the concept of the multiverse is having such a moment right now because we're coming mm. off of the heels of uh, Doctor Strange and Spider-Man. Um, and what I can say after watching this movie is, Marvel, you were kind of cowards when you came to dealing with the multiverse. The multiverse is a vehicle that allows you so much creative freedom and what you decided to do with it was so disappointing compared to what this movie does. Like, you know, like you say, A24 is kind of the leader of these kind of, like, independent movies, these kind of lower budget, a lot of uh, really creative people who are kind of getting their real starts in Hollywood, right? You know, you don't have a lot of super big uh, names, but, um, you know, like, Michelle Yeoh is big, but she hasn't, you know... This is a resurgence for her, right? She's mm-hmm. not at the height of her career. Ke he Kee Kwon has been out of films for almost, like... 30 some years like you know it's been decades for him um so you know that they it, it is a true underdog story and, and and i agree mark they're they're putting out fantastic movies green knight was one of my favorite movies of the previous year um but yeah just what they do with the multiverse it's just so creative and ingenuitive. um some of the humor is a bit crass and i i know that's not landing with everyone um but it's just one piece of the puzzle i again i, I can't reckon like recommend this movie high enough, guys. Like, it's I haven't felt this way about a movie basically since Endgame, and Endgame had what the benefit of like twenty four movies of mm-hmm. setup, right? Like, you know, it really takes a lot to to uh, to get like that. But um, yeah, that's truly uh my highest my my highest honor. Uh, uh Mark, I have no uh, choice but to award it. You know, best in the business. But um, there you go. And then uh, and then on top of that, just a little last thing. Uh. Twice had a two-week show or two-day show in LA. I went to both of them. I was floor at both of them. I was VIP. My girls, they re-signed. That was kind of a big deal. I think they're all like instant millionaires now. Um, Their record label generated uh, $7 billion in the last calendar year, and they were the only group from that label that went on tour in that time. I think their US tour, it broke. It set basically every record for a female group. The only one that they didn't beat was BTS, who hold all the peer records now so um I'm, I'm happy for them uh glad to see them keep going um uh, the record label. They just keep or... taking more of my money what does resign mean in this sense so uh k-pop groups when they initially start they initially start with a seven-year contract uh-huh. and uh in k-pop it's usually called the seven-year kiss of death because most groups don't stay together after that uh-huh. initial contract whether they go solo they go different paths right some of them become actors tv things you know um Solo is a big thing. Um, With the women, sometimes they want to start a family, right? And once you start having kids, it's hard to keep up that lifestyle. With the men, their careers get interrupted because they have the military service. You know, there's just a lot of things that, like, that's why there's a bit of a churn in K-pop. So um, not a lot of groups overcome the the seven-year curse. But for them, that was kind of the big thing that was looming over the initial tour was this might be it for them. And I think that's why the demand and fervor to see them was so high. Um, it was kind of like, what's going to happen next? Um, but based on a string of recent announcements, it seems like they've resigned. Um, they all got, you know, they, they got more money, more more uh, freedoms to pursue. Like, what well, the, you know, they've been out seven years, and one of them is finally putting out a solo song. Uh, they all got individual Instagrams, which doesn't seem like a big deal. But the K-pop industry, they are very micromanaged, right? Usually they have an Instagram that is the group one, and it's managed by the managers, right? Everything has to go by them. They're not, you know, free to have their individual things, but uh, that was kind of the first sign that the renegotiations had gone well, was kind of unanimously the the Sunday night after their last show, um, all of a sudden, they all had an Instagram account and instantly, you know, in mere minutes, all had millions of followers. So, um, yeah, just happy for them. That's, uh, I think I mentioned, well. That's, that's my favorite thing in the world, is uh... twice dumbs. TV shows? What's up,
0: Mike? Quick question on TWICE. Um, So they've been together for seven years. And, I mean, K-pop isn't exactly known uh, for being understanding of older female acts. So how are they going to get past this? Because if you're like 29 in a K-pop female group, you're basically like, 59.
1: Well, they have what... They're experiencing what is the BTS effect, where BTS has kind of graduated from being a K-pop group to being an international group. Right? They've... K-pop will always have its churn. Same with J-pop was very much the same when we were growing up. There's just the idol. It it leans towards younger, high school age people because the fan base is typically young. But K-pop has grown so much in the United States. Like, you know, there's a lot of, you know, everyone's catching up on touring now, right? Um, and I've been following all the K-pop acts. There's, like, six K-pop acts coming through the Bay Area in July. All of them sold out within, like, fifteen the first 15 minutes. There is so much, there's so, that's where Twice will do fine, is even if within, like, the, the hardcore Korean K-pop industry, you know, people have move on to whatever the newest, you know, young, like, groups are, the rest of the world is catching up. And the rest of the world doesn't necessarily like, you know, you know. being a person in my 30s, listening to girls in their 20s is much more palatable than listening to girls who are 15, right? Like, So there is this whole kind of, you know, while they might lose the classic K-pop market, they actually have opened up the rest of the world to them now. So that's going to create a whole bit of longevity, you know, and also I think it's also somewhat overstated. Uh, that k-pop is the only thing in korea there are totally other industries and genres this is just the one we all know about right so there there is a whole hip-hop industry where they're not children there is a whole like section of pop where they're not young idols um but yeah that's just what we typically know but yeah twice they i mean even if not they they've all become kind of millionaires instantly so um, that's a rare thing in itself within K-pop. So, happy for them, you know, whatever it ends up being from this point on. You know, if they do less group activities and do folk, it's more on solo stuff. Um, girls are hardworking as hell, so they've earned it. What is love? Right on. All right, Mike. You ready to
2: do a very half-assed preview show, which you're kind of in charge of? Because you, again, have not watched a television show in yeah, six weeks so- at least. So, uh... I sent you the card. Pull it up.
0: Let's go through this, baby. This Sunday. AEW double or nothing. Mm -hmm. Well, not just on Sunday. Let's also remember that there will be a a, a Dynamite in Vegas on Wednesday as well, along with a Rampage, which we have two sets of tickets, and we can't sell one of them. So that's pretty awesome.
2: Yeah, cool. Definitely, man. If you want to go to Rampage on Friday... And you'd like to not pay the Mandalay Bay prices, you just hit us up on uh, uh on our uh, It's Have Amazing Twitter account because I'll just give them to you, to be honest, because we're taking a bath. All right? <laughs>
0: we're taking Bobby a bath. Will maybe throw in a little hand gibber as well. Just, okay. You know. Well, you know. No? Okay. Whenever you guys okay.
1: got extra tickets or are you overpaid for your tickets,
0: whatever. You- okay. So here's the
2: thing I bought tickets. All right. And then, like, you know, like you, you've been going through the pre sale crap. The seats you have, all of a sudden more seats become available because people sat on shit and didn't finish. So, like, I got shitty seats for for the Friday show, Rampage. And then I went back in. I saw we could get lower bowl. And I'm like, well, fuck it. I'm going to go get those. So, now I'm just still holding those other seats because the thing didn't sell out. Because the pay-per-view sold out. The Friday show didn't sell out. It's just not a thing. So, anyway. Mike, continue, please.
0: Yeah, so um, I'm looking at the card. How did we get that Hook and Danhausen are a tag team? How, how right. the fuck this happened? Well, so the match is
2: uh, Hookhausen, Hook and Danhausen versus Tony Niece and Smart Mark Sterling. I'm just gonna be honest with you, Mike. This is happening because we all decided we really wanted it to be- happen. We all pretty much just willed Hook and Danhausen being together. Okay, a couple memes came together. And we've reached super memedom. And no one really cares what's happening with Tony Nese in general. Smart Mark Sterling is good at his job. That's just it. He's a good heel manager. I don't know why he has to get his ass thrown around by Hook on
1: Sunday, but
2: <laughs> it's that's what's happening. There's that's not much of a story here. I'll, I'll be honest you know, with
1: you. I don't, I don't really watch any weekly shows, but I kind of have this overarching, like, view of the industry via consuming podcasts and being on Reddit. Um, and my understanding is uh, AEW is a shit show backstage, so they're just kind of doing whatever.
2: Yeah, they took about three years, but we're really much where WWE is at now, man. We're just, uh, <laughs> well, who's up next? Fuck it, you too. Let's go. Yeah. Um, Mike, next. Yeah, again, that's that's just pre show bite. It doesn't matter.
0: <laughs> well, that's that's kind of disappointing to hear that. No, I'm
2: I mean, I'm stoked, to be clear. I'm very excited, but there's no real point to it. Like it is among the things oh my, I am like most there, excited there's key,
1: for. There's there's a key distinction. So WWE AEW shit's just happening and, and the, it's chaos, but AEW still gives fans what they want. Yeah. Whereas WWE is still like, we're a shit show, but fuck you. That's the yeah. difference between <laughs> Pretty
2: much. Look, look, I'm not going to tell you AEW is perfect, but generally, AEW gets me to a place where at the end of the night, I'm like, yeah, man, okay. Yeah, man, okay is all I'm looking for in this life, guys. Yeah, man,
0: okay. (laughs) All right, so, uh, Bobby, I know you're a huge fan of Jade Cargo. I am, for all the reasons. Me, not as much, (laughs) but I've seen on Instagram uh, that they have a new stable, the Baddies, with uh, Kira Hogan and Red Velvet, which I may say... I'm mad at it. Yes. And uh, when did Anna Jay become the number one
2: contender? This is the TBS title. This is that title where you can just open challenge for. This doesn't need to be on the pay-per-view. I don't know why it is. This is already going to be a five-hour show. This is just a match. So, so we, Anna Jay is just going to get probably just smoked in this match. Yeah. Um, Jade is over as hell. Okay? And the baddies are a genius idea. The baddies first was Jade just pointing to Pete like she had – a section of baddies in the crowd, which was very attractive women. And then he just kind of recruited Red Velvet and Kira Hogan, and they became a stable. That's cool. But this match is uh, whatever.
0: It looks like based off IG that uh, what's-his-name is joining as well. Um, Shoot. What's it? uh, I can't remember what his name is. Smart Mark? No, 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 no. Um, The dude that used to be in a tag team with Joey Janela. Oh, Sonny? Yes, Sunny Kiss. Oh, I think they're just taking pictures. He's not in the group. The baddies oh. are just those three. All right. But yeah, um, that, yeah. the next two matches kind of tie together. Looking at the Owen Hart Cup, at least on the men's side, I'm a little, little disappointed to see that it was it's nothing but former WWE guys on there. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I noticed oh, wow. that the Owen Hart Cup
0: is the Don't You Miss NXT yeah, tournament. Yeah, the, the, well, the, uh, the semifinal is nothing but old NXT or WWE guys. So I honestly, I don't know. I mean,
2: okay, everybody is. That's the problem with this. They've had everybody. But I are it honestly recent WWE. Kyle O'Reilly. I think Kyle O'Reilly's winning. Um, I don't have a reason to say that besides he wrestles a lot like a heart and he's Canadian. But I think it'd be really cool if Kyle won. Um, I want him to win. I think I, I would hope there's not going to be some bullshit. But if Joe wins, the story we got going is Joe's feuding with Jay Lethal. Um, I think we get interference there. But I think I mean Kyle versus Adam would be cool. Would be cool also. I just I'm not sure they're ready to tell that story. So that match I think is either Wednesday or Friday. Um, the, the Joe versus Cole match probably Wednesday. Um, but I. I thought it was cool. Cool. They had uh, uh, was it last week or the, two weeks ago? They had uh, Mrs. Hart and uh, Owen's son and daughter were there at the show. Um, to like they were doing tournament matches and stuff, and that was pretty cool. It was nice. It was nice to see his family near wrestling at all. Quite frankly, it's you know after what happened, but I got Kylo Riley. I think he's going to take that one. The other one, Tony Storm and Britt Baker or Britt ba- or Britt Baker, Ruby Soho or Chris Statlander. I think Ruby Soho, but I got no real reason. Um Tony and Britt have kind of been feuding, so that actually is a match that's going to have a payoff when they fight this week. <coughs> and uh but I think I don't know. I think uh I think I think I mean Ruby Soho I think just kind of needs it. That's that's why I got. It. I think she just seems I don't know. her, her or Chris that like that side of the bracket's winning basically.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. Uh when did right, grant granted I haven't watched in like six weeks, but has there bit I last I remember watching, Serena Deeb was in a feud with uh Sheeta. Did that wrap up?
2: Yeah, she does, she uh Serena Deeb is beating people up. Her gimmick is she's the professor and she's real mean. Um these two women, Thunder Rosa's not great on the mic at all. Um Serena's very deliberate. The build hasn't been great, but everybody is so excited for what they both do in the ring that it doesn't really matter for most people, I guess. Um, like, I'm one of the I've been like, the build has been kind of crappy, but I think this can going to be a banger. That one's going to be good.
0: All right. Uh, three-way tag match for the AEW tag team. All right. So we got Jurassic Express, Team Taz versus Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. All right, that's not bad.
2: Yeah, that this is actually, I'm really excited for this. Uh, Keith Lee and Swerve, and Swerve have become an actual tag team, and a good one at that. The real feud here is Team Taz versus, uh, <coughs> pardon me, Lee and Swerve. And then they got Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus because they're the tag champs. They have to wrestle somebody, quite frankly. Um, I... Honestly, I'm waiting for Christian to turn on Jurassic Express. Like that's kind of what everybody is assuming. We've all seen Christian wrestle for far too long for him to be nice for this long, and uh, it's coming. He's gonna dump. He's gonna dump Jungle Boy on his pretty face. All right, with that. Uh, I don't know what he calls it. With the Impaler, he changed the name. But he's it's always the, the Impaler. It's to not me.
0: the kill switch anymore.
2: There we go. That's what it is. It was the Impaler was the first time I saw it, and it was the coolest thing ever. So. That's what I call it. There, um, this that's gonna be another good one. Um,
0: this one we The here. last One of the last things I remember watching in a full uh, card was a uh, Swerve Strickland did a backflip off of Keith Lee's chest. huh. That I'm sounds like, about right. Jesus, what the fuck is this? And when
2: Keith Lee showed up, I think Stefan, you just said, "Oh, he's even heftier." And that made me laugh yeah, so I don't he think got,
1: he got bigger. He, he um, trimmed
2: up a little bit. Wedding diet, clearly, or wedding anti-diet. He's trimmed up a little bit since he's been back now. But uh. I
1: will say, when I did see that those four men were feuding, and I do like how the tag team champions are the throw-in inclusion. Yeah. for the <laughs> hell of it, you know? Because uh, I was wondering. I was like, because all this—you keep hearing about, like, FTR and all these other tag teams lately, and I'm like, oh, yeah, the— they don't seem to know what to do with their champions these days. But um, I did find it funny, and I don't. this isn't weighted at all. It's just something that amused me, is that there was all this talk about uh, AEW isn't pushing their black stars, and so let's just put all four of them in a feud together. <laughs> that, reeked, that reeked of WWE booking of, like, you know what... We have all these women we're doing nothing with. How about a six-women tag? That way we can just cram as many into one segment as possible. That's what oh. that leaked to me. Yeah, but, when, um, they first started,
2: when they first started the feud, I was like, what the f-
1: really Okay, sure. They're, they're all <laughs> talented, though, and I, I like them. I do like Will Hobbs. He's a Bay Area dude, right? Um, oh I love Will Hobbs <laughs> and then uh, I even though I say I'm gonna I'm say what I say I actually mean it affectionately but I like Ricky Starks because he's that like dumb internet meme of like hey mom I want Rocky my Via we have Rocky my Via at home and then it's a picture of Ricky Starks Ricky Starks is the wish.com rock. Yeah, yeah he kind of is. Five inches, he's five inches shorter. He's forty pounds lighter, but otherwise he does the <laughs> shtick. He has the look, you know, like just give him his turtleneck and gold chain. Like he, he's basically doing he, he's me. Do, he, he's me, Bobby, in high school where I was a uh, Alan Iverson for Halloween. You know, I was just like the smaller, less talented, just the the, the lesser version in every single aspect. <laughs> right? That's that's what he is. But he's good. He's good. I don't mean that derogatorily. It's just funny to me how like incredibly apparent it is. Uh, Mike, this next one here, I'm
0: legitimately is this just hoping they is this basically another stadium stampede? No,
2: it's specifically not. Because they try to challenge him to a stadium stampede. The gimmick here is that Jericho's group, which is finally just now become entertaining for people because uh, the payoff has come into play, is that they keep talking about how they're sports entertainers, right? Yeah. And you got the other side, you got the Blackpool Combat Club, which are not. So, they're just, they're just wrestlers. Just wrestlers is what they are. So, when they try to challenge him to that Stadium Stampede match, Moxley's like, quote, we ain't doing that sports entertainment shit. And I'm like, I liked it. We could have done it. I'm okay with Stadium Stampede, actually. But since I'm there, I'm cool not watching his screen. They're just going to have a 10 man beat the shit out of each other match all around that arena, I think is what's happening. Um, and I don't think our seats are good enough that for them to rest, for them to jump off a of shit near us. But you can only help, Mike. You can only help. Um, and I, uh, my in one favor. comment. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was say I love the Blackpool Combat Club. Um, I'm a big William Regal fan, so really enjoying him his existence. Honestly, on TV, I'm in favor of anything he's doing. <laughs> he goes on rampage. He goes on dynamite every week. Gets on commentary. Says hello, Mister Shivani. Hello, Mister Ross. Man in the mask. How are you? He says that every week, and I, every <laughs> week it makes me happy. <laughs> Steph, you were going to
1: say? <laughs> My one just little commentary is um, Daniel Bryan is a guy who I've always kind of like, I respect whoa, what he whoa, means. Whoa. Whoa. Oh, Brian Danielson? Is that Thank what he you. is now? <laughs> uh, uh, Dan- Sorry, Daniel Bryanson. Um, yeah, like, what I, what I, 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 he's a guy that, you know, you respect, but he really came up when I wasn't super paying attention, so I don't have, like, this nostalgia or, like, investment in him. But the thing that has endeared him to me more than anything is, Bob, I don't know if you caught, when he was on the uh mass man show and they interviewed him oh i did but, uh, it it came back around because i was reading there was apparently a kerfuffle last week where his leg got trapped between mm, the ramp I, and the this ring. was great <laughs> and they're like it took like 10 minutes and it was one of those like what happened was it a malfunction was this a real problem was it a work and it all came back to daniel or Bri- uh, <laughs> brian hansen's interview on the mass man pod uh is when he talked about how he discovered that he really loves lying he thinks he he discovered lying is fun and it's just the best thing in the world and he in this pod he goes off for 15 minutes about how lying Uh is the greatest thing in the world and it's just so fun and so uh that's what it came back to is like was this whole 10 minutes of his leg trapped in the ramp just him messing around because lying is fun yeah mark they uh, acted like
2: they had like the the ramp was going right you know that sometimes they have the ramp that just goes right to the ring there's no like it just, like, lines up directly with, like, the plane oh, of the sure. ring. Yeah. That big
1: platform, yeah.
2: <clears throat> they, he acted like his foot got trapped between the ramp and the ring. And he was just there for a while. At first, only, like, there was fan cam video. Honestly, immediately, I'm just like, this is a fucking work. This is... Brian Daniels is the exact type of motherfucker to screw with people. And then, like, four days later, after people are like, AEW's got ring issues, fucking backyard promotion, AEW puts the video out on their own fucking, like youtube to, like everybody's like oh well brian's just fucking with everybody like just to make the whole crowd think he got stuck in the ring in the ramp a good bit <laughs>
1: yeah i enjoy and, and, just, and that's <laughs> the wild west of aew is he can just arbitrarily decide i'm just gonna get stuck here and mm-hmm. take forever to be removed yeah. and they are going <laughs> to we'll have to bring out staff to like you know take things apart to get me out of here i don't, um, I don't mind interrupting the product to do this for 10 minutes mike uh where were we what's next
0: uh, we just talked about the Anarchy in the Arena match, which definitely is not a stadium stampede match, even though there's alliteration up the ass here. Well, there's no, the stadium's too far away. The come football on, stadium's
2: way down there. We can't go all the way to the Raider stadium and come back.
0: Come on. You, you, they know what they're doing here. Um, next is the six-man tag team match between the House of Black and, uh, Death Triangle. Oh, it's got your little, it's got your little Smurf wrestler, uh, this time, uh. Mike likes calling, Mike really really likes calling, uh, Pac short.
2: He, he thinks it offends me. God, I wish I looked like Pac. Um, yo, um, I don't, Pac, I don't know what his thing is. He seems like you wrestle, like, every time Pac comes back, it's like, Pac is back. I'm like, what, why, why did he leave this time? Like every
0: three months, he shows up because he's um, small, and you know, small people break bones easily. Maybe,
2: yo, this is this is gonna rule. Real talk, this is the whole thing. Every part of this rules this match.
0: When they did, all don't want to wrestle. When did uh, Penta Oscuro Miedo change his name to Penta Oscuro? Well, he
2: got yeah, Pento Oscuro is his. Uh, it's it's a dark version, it's just dark Pentagon. So he's when he's angry and evil. It was somewhere around when he was started fighting uh, Alistair Black. I don't remember, dude. Whatever. Ray Phoenix's arm isn't broken anymore. This is the flip. The next two matches are just flippy shit, okay? Okay, the match after this, actually, J- the Hardys versus the Young Bucks, we just hope Jeff doesn't die, okay? Because every time, this man is jumping off of shit still, Steph, weekly. okay? And it doesn't look good. And I'm like, he's 45 years old. He he can't be okay. Matt's balding. So I just hope the, like the-, the Bucks find a way to protect these men, and maybe let Nick Jackson take all the bad bumps this win, this time. I, I mean, think.
1: I I'm uncomfortable with this match because it, isn't it the last time Matt was on like a pay per view he took like the concussion to the cement against Sammy like. Oh,
2: that was like a year ago, both- but yeah, that wasn't good either. That was a bad I one. Mean,
1: <laughs> both of these brothers are done. Like, I think it's you know it's fine the nostalgia acts, but these I are the like one more. A guy that I worry of who dies in the ring. Like, he's a guy who does that, and I, that's I'm uncomfortable with them wrestling at a certain point.
2: I saw, like, he's, like, he's, you know, he's wrestling Darby, like, a couple week like, a week and a half ago, Darby Allen, and Darby Allen jumped off one of those tall ladders to the outside of the ring around a bunch of chairs, and, like, he's, like, oh, Jeff's my inspiration, and he's, like, we're more stuntmen and wrestlers. I'm, like, this is gonna end so badly, guys. Yeah, this but, is just, but Darby uh,
1: makes Jeff Hardy look like he's Randy Orton. Like, yeah. Darby looks gigantic in AEW.
2: Do you, remember when, do you remember when Darby Allen went through, like, the ring post? Just, like, through it? Just to the outside! Anyway. Alright. Main event. Mike, Hangman and CM Punk. Uh, main event where I think people legitimately don't know who's going to win. Which is extremely rare for AEW, Stefan. Because normally we're pretty cocksure about who's winning
1: this shit. Um, I got a bold uh, prediction. And it'll be super wrong. It's like my uh, every year. CM Punk returning to the Royal Rumble. So this is my version of that. Is CM Punk wins! And then he appears on Raw with that AEW title belt. I love your blaze. It was a work the whole the, time, Bobby. The real – f- Our homies. Him and Vince, our homies, he was sent in t- to take that belt and throw it in the trash. By the way,
2: shout out to CM Punk wearing a bunch of pro-abortion pro, uh, pro abortion rights uh, shirts on TV and getting the uh, the horrible people angry at him, including these former in – Texas,
1: I believe.
0: Yeah. he's
2: done it a few times. He's done it in Texas, actually, too. Uh, CM Punk gets right to the point there,
0: man. What wrestler was it that got all butthurt about it?
2: Uh, he 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 went homophobic today. Um, Jackson Ryder, Riker, right? Riker,
1: Jackson Riker. That was his name. His name is Gutter. Was the racist homophobic one, and then they fired his stablemates, but kept him, and then tried yeah. to make him the good guy. Uh, what, him, you... Oh yeah, they made him the face in the feud that killed off Elias. By the way, Mike, are you watching Ezekiel? Because that's the greatest storyline in all of pro wrestling. I've
0: I've heard of Ezekiel. I've seen the images on Iz, And Bobby has uh, keyed me in a bit on what's going on with Ezekiel. I
2: Pretty much Kevin Owens, is, Kevin Owens is the one making this happen. Like, he's making this work. Kevin Owens has sold this thing. <laughs> I like how the man wrestled Stone Cold. Like, what do you want to do next? He's like, oh, I want to do this. I'm gonna act like a guy who's definitely a guy. <laughs> like we're gonna play this 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 bit where everybody's in on it but me. Like this real elaborate Andy Kaufman thing. <laughs> um, legitimately, Hangman vs. CM Punk. I don't know who's gonna win. I am. I thought I thought CM Punk was gonna win, but now I think because they're doing that New Japan show next month, I think if they don't give us CM Punk versus Kenta, what are we doing? And I don't think CM Punk versus Kenta. I don't think CM Punk is champion. Going into that. That's it. Honestly, this is pretty fucking stacked, this card. Um, Not all the stories have been great. Oh, it's not listed here by the way here, but we're seeing MJF versus Wardlow. That is the best story on the card. Um, It's not listed on this card yet here because technically MJF, if if Wardlow doesn't beat Sean Spears on Wednesday in a cage match where MJF's the referee, the match doesn't happen. But that match is the best told story on the card. Easily. Um, we got a three-year story running, for the love of God. Like, from the moment Wardlow showed up, this is the payoff. You know? So. That's it. AEW, Sunday. Mike will be there. I'll be there. Uh, we'll also be there on Friday. We're not going to be there on Wednesday. That's that's pretty much it.
0: Nope.
2: Yeah. This is a long podcast. But uh, Stefan was back. Uh, Mike, Mark had, had, to, had to suffer I had for to about tell 20.
1: you guys about the movie. Mark just <laughs> suffered 25
2: minutes of wrestling. He didn't want to hear. Um, I'm congested as hell so yeah uh, we'll be back next week again the podcast drops Wednesday morning we thank you all very much for listening thank you to Kid Presentable for joining us this week I was Dr. Law that was Lavender Gooms, that was DJ Mark and that was the returning Kid Presentable we'll see y'all next week go Warriors peace out see ya